Is there something in your loft or hidden away in a cupboard that could be worth thousands of pounds? Every year, New York-based memorabilia experts, Julian's Auctions, spend a day at the Beatles story here in Liverpool and invite people to bring items that could be worth anything from a few pounds to thousands. We eavesdropped as they evaluated the scraps of paper, old photographs and other intriguing finds brought to them for valuation and also attended their annual auction, which this year broke a world record. I'm Laura Davis. And I'm Ellen Kerwin. And this is Beatles City. So it's really amazing to think what's actually hidden in people's homes right here in Liverpool that are worth so much money. Have you ever found anything over the years? Well, it's funny you should ask because... um Listeners of this podcast who listened to the last series will know that my uncle is Rod Davis from The Quarryman. And um, my grandfather was a really keen amateur photographer who took loads of beautiful pictures. Um, and we always wondered why he hadn't taken any of The Quarryman. And then um, a few years back, my uncle was going through some old negatives and sort of scanning them in and found photographs of the float that The Quarryman were actually on. Um, on the day that John met Paul at St. Peter's fate in Walton. So we think that they were pictures. They're not amazing pictures at all. My uncle, who he was obviously most interested in, is pushing up his glasses, so you can't even really see his face. But it's outside where they lived on King's Drive, so he was obviously just stood outside his house taking these pictures because he developed his own pictures. He looked at them and obviously just thought, well, it's not the best photo. But obviously with the historical significance, it's an amazing photograph. And it was really exciting to, to find it. So in this episode, I met with Martin Nolan, who's part of Julian's Auctions. And he talked me through some of the stories behind the bits that were going on sale and also how they go about evaluating some of these things. You then sat down with members of the public um, as they arrived with their own items. So what was that like? Oh, it's really exciting because um, there were people from Liverpool and people from all over the world who would kind of rock up with their suitcases full of junk, I suppose, except really important, significant junk. Old scraps of paper with signatures on, photographs. Um, Someone had a photograph of a couch (laughs) that belonged to (laughs) one of the Beatles and a tie and all kinds of things. We're here in the Beatles Story Museum today for a very special reason. We're with Martin Nolan, who's the executive director of Julian's Auction. Why don't you tell us what we're here for today? Yeah, this is a really historic day here in Liverpool. We're doing an amazing auction for the Beatles, celebrating the life and career of our local heroes um, from the Beatles. And we have 270 items going on the auction block, something for everyone at every price point. So this is a historic occasion. It's also fun and very exciting and there's great anticipation Participation locally and it's going to be a really exciting event. This is the first time you're in Liverpool for an event like this. Where have you been in the past? Yeah, so Julian's Auctions, we're the leading entertainment auction house worldwide based in Los Angeles. We've done auctions in China, in Macau, China, in New York, of course, London. Uh, We've done Discovery Days here, which we're doing one here tomorrow at the Beatles Story Museum. We'll talk more about that. But this is the first time we've come to Liverpool, to the home of the Beatles, to conduct an auction. And I think it's going to be one for the record books. And what's taken you so long to get here, to come to Liverpool? (laughs) You know, it's it's amazing. You know, there's so many artists worldwide and 
For us at Julian's Auctions, the Beatles are one of our best-selling artists of all time. We hold the world record for numerous items from the Beatles, like the lost guitar from John Lennon, his Gibson J160E. We sold that for 2.4 million. We sold the skin of the drum kit that Ringo played at the Ed Sullivan Show, February 1964. The Beatles coming to America, sold for 2.1 million. That's just the skin of the drum. We sold a drum kit for Ringo for 2.2 million. And in fact, we sold the White Album, the number one White album uh, owned by Ringo Starr. We sold that for 790,000 US dollars. So phenomenal results. The Beatles are still so relevant today. People still listening and loving their music and what they represented. And people still will come to the auction today and want to own something representing such an amazing life and career. And there's actually a really nice story behind how you got your hands on the John Lennon guitar. Isn't that right? Yeah, so John Lennon's guitar was actually one of my favourite stories of all time, especially because of the fun part of my job is the discovery processes when you uncover something, you see something for the first time, or it's never come to an auction block. It was disappeared from the Christmas shows in 1963 from John Lennon. Either it was mixed up with another band's equipment or somebody stole it, and it never reappeared. And over the years, John Lennon gave interviews and spoke about that guitar. He bought it, the same guitar him and George bought the exact same guitars in 1961. In fact, it took them a whole year to pay the bill, which was £190 for each guitar. Phenomenal. And they were just becoming famous at that time. And then it disappeared in 63. John said it was one of his favourite guitars. And somehow it ended up in San Diego in California, Southern California. And it was a gentleman who owned it. He was moving to Canada. He sold it to his friend John for $225. And John was a single guy playing guitar. 47 years he had the guitar. He married, he had kids, his grandkids, still working. Never realised he had something so historic. He read an article in the guitar aficionado about John Lennon's lost guitar. And he said, wow, I have a very similar guitar. So he came to us at Julian's Auctions and we began the discovery process. We worked with Andy Babbock, who is the the Beatles guitar expert and he helped us research and there was a little bit of confusion between the paperwork that was in place for John's guitar and George's guitar and what happened was when the guitars were delivered in 1961 John grabbed George's guitar George grabbed John's guitar they each had separate paperwork so we had to Make, make sure everything was accurate there with the serial number. We had to look at the, the grain of the wood and the markings and where John would have played it, how the guitar was actually marked from where he played the guitar. All It was like the DNA of the guitar. And this is all part of the discovery process and authenticating it and making sure that when we sold it, we were actually selling the right guitar. The next step was to work with Yoko Ono. Yoko was the rightful owner of the guitar because it was John's and it was a police report filed at the time. So legitimately, the guitar had disappeared period. And Yoko was in agreement to sell the guitar if half the proceeds would go to benefit the Spirit Foundation. And so such an exciting auction, crowded room. John, who would own the guitar there with his wife and kids, celebrating this historic moment, never really known, and realizing that he had a part of a very important instrument for 47 years that he enjoyed and loved and raised his kids playing that guitar. And suddenly it was coming to the auction block, sold for a world record. The highest price of a guitar sold was less than a million dollars. And then we sold this guitar for 2.4 million. Half the proceeds went to the Spirit Foundation. John got the other half. He retired the next day. So such a great story. And it went to a huge Beatles collector who just was in awe of this particular instrument. 
So that was one of your favourite items that you've ever seen go. Is there any other items that you've been really excited to see or it, it's been fantastic to get your hands on? Yeah, you know, I'm excited about every auction is, is new items. What you have is new consigners or being people who own these items. And I love hearing the stories of how they came to own these items, have these items. And why now is the time for them to let go? There's always a window of opportunity when it's time to let go. Downsize, you've enjoyed these items and now you realise there's some monetary value to them. And also, you know, they're selling at an auction. They're going to go to museums or other fans or collectors who will continue to love and cherish them. We had a discovery day here a few years ago and a gentleman, a teacher in the local area, he came in and he had a letter, typed letter from John Lennon to the Queen, handwritten, Your Majesty, with love, handwritten John Lennon with some smudges on it. He had bought a, a single, a 45, a single, about 30 years ago for £10 in a bookstore. And inside was this particular letter, which he thought it was just a copy, never gave it any heed at all. Um, but he brought it to us for the discovery days just to show it. And, of course, we realised this is original. And the reason why, you know, it, it's still around is that there was smudges on it. So John, being the perfectionist he was, he didn't want to send that to Her Majesty the Queen. So he rewrote another one, which we know is in Buckingham Palace. So this is a copy of that letter. And so that was a fantastic piece. We estimated, I think, two to three thousand pounds. And I think the pre-online bidding, we're selling it in the auction today. I think we're up to ten thousand pounds already. So that's a life-changing story for you know a teacher in the local area who has great interest in the Beatles, and he bought something for 10 pounds 30 years he's had it and suddenly he's letting go and and it's going to make a nice chunk of change that leads me on to my next question actually what type of people do you get coming here to the auctions to try and get their hands on things you know it's fun to be here in liverpool because we have so much local pride with the beatles coming from liverpool so much history here so we have people who will just come just want to witness history you know it's it's a historical moment you know auctions are one of the oldest forms of commerce over a thousand years, auctions are around. It's the really best way for people to exchange items. And so the auction is a historic moment, items changing hands. So you'll have people coming who are fans who will just want to witness history. Then you'll have fans who will want to, won't have huge amounts of money, but would still love to own something from the Beatles. You have collectors, people who really see this as a great way of making a living. You have museums who want to have key iconic items because they have iconic items just like the Beatles Story Museum they have amazing items here huge amount of people come here every single day wanting to see and witness a part of history and that's what the Beatles represent so this is going to be a fun auction and to me I think also people are looking upon these items as as also an investment you know like you know people have their real estate and their jewellery and their stocks and their bonds and their art collection. Well, collectibles are becoming really valuable items as well. So people are looking upon these as good investments. They're like blue chips. The Beatles are certainly blue chips within the collectible community. And so you have all sorts, every walk of life, they're super rich to just people who survive in day to day, but still love the Beatles, have a common interest in the Beatles. And that's the really fun part of this auction event. Great. So now let's go and take a closer look at what you actually have here for auction today. So we're here now in front of these pieces that are actually going up for auction this afternoon and I'm looking at one now which is the Crown Glory, I'm told. Do you want to tell me a little bit about what's in front of me? Yeah, that's the piece de resistance in the auction. Right in front of us, all these items, we're probably looking at a value of somewhere in £300,000 right now, what you see in this amazing display case in the cafe at the Beatles uh, Story Museum. And yes, the album. 
Beatles yesterday and today, the original. Um, it's a prototype. It was John Lennon's. It was hung on his wall in the Dakota building in New York City where he lived. In 1971, he took it off the wall and he exchanges with a huge Beatles fan, Dave Morell. And Dave had a reel-to-reel tape that John wanted, so it was not a monetary exchange. It was like a barter. I'll give you this, you give me that. And it's an amazing piece. It's inscribed to Dave from John Lennon. Also, Paul McCartney has signed it. Ringo Starr has signed it. Sadly, George has not signed it, and obviously he's not here to sign it anymore, but three signatures. Also, there's a really interesting sketch by John on the back of the album. And so... John obviously was always sketching and doodling and all that, so he, those alone have value. And you add in the signatures, you add in the prototype, you add in this uh, the original cover of this album. And this was very controversial at the time when it came out in 1966 because, you know, like Capitol Records sent this out to all the DJs across America and there was uproar because it was grotesque and so it, it was withdrawn so Capitol Records asked everyone to return the, the album in fact they sent envelopes to people to put the env- uh, album in the envelope returns and then they would get a replacement they put a label over it and that was the new album yesterday today and today so I mean this is there's only a few of these in existence because everyone returned them, really. But because it's so rare, so controversial, everyone was curious, what was the message here? What was what were they trying to say? And I think for the Beatles themselves, young lads who have spent the last five or six years in studios every week almost recording, then touring, they were exhausted doing photo shoots. They were sort of jaded with it at this stage. And this is sort of a fun, rebellious photo shoot they did not intending it to be on the uh, cover of an album, but then John, I think, chose that this would be on the cover. And sort of like, what was the message? Well, the message was they were against the war in Vietnam at the time, so it was a message about that. Also, there's speculation that there was a message to Capitol Records in the States because when the Beatles would do an album here, the outline and the the format of the the songs, etc., Capitol Records would change that in the States, and they felt that Capitol Records were butchering their music, so to speak. So this was sort of a a message to them as well so that sort of speculation but all that plays into the great story and I always say these items that are the tangible assets themselves like the Ivor Novella award or the guitar or the briefcase these are the items it's the stories that people are buying that's what people love it's the background stories this particular album is estimated 120 to 130 thousand pounds and again I think that's conservative I think we should sell for more than that today and keeping in mind the number one white album which I mentioned to you earlier we sold it for 790,000 that was a world record for a vinyl before that it was an Elvis vinyl for 300,000 then we smashed that record with 790,000 this is another one to watch and I think it's going to be very interesting today wow so how do you actually go about um, evaluating these pieces? Yeah, so that's a really good question. There's so many things playing into this because of the, the story, the history of John Lennon and Dave Morrell, who was a huge fan, the fact that John has inscribed it to him, the fact that Ringo signed it, Paul signed it, that's value. Then you add in the drawing that John has done, that in itself has value. And then the whole story, the controversy, etc. And you look at other albums, it's so rare. 
That's what makes it really highly valuable. Look at the White Album, what it sold for. To me, this is so much more history, so much going on here, so many stories involved with this. That's what's going to play into the auction. And that's what the bidders show up for today. They're going to be wanting to own this historical piece, have it framed on their wall, just like John Lennon had on his wall in the Dakota in, back in 1971. So again, if that piece could talk, wow, so many stories to be told. And what about some of the other pieces we've got here in this cabinet? Is there another one that's your you know, particular favourite for the story it holds? Yeah, you know, like every single piece has a story, like a guitar strap signed by Jock Lennon, because John was always using pseudonyms, so this particular one he signed to a friend and it's Jock Lennon. There's a great audition tape here going back to January 1962 that um, the Beatles were rejected when they presented this actual seven songs on this tape. And Jor... Uh, uh, Brian Epstein, their manager, held on to it. And so that's a great, great story. And it comes from um, his, his nephew. So the provenance is really, really solid. I love this. Liverpool Corporation, Liverpool Airport, a visit of the Beatles, Friday, the 10th of July, 1964. That's really at the height of their fame. And it's signed by all four. So to have a piece like this, so unusual, and all four signatures, that's a great piece. Probably estimating 15 to 20,000 pounds. Again, highly sought after because it's so rare and tells the story of the success in their home city. They were closing the lounge in the airport for safety because of the huge numbers of people that were going to show up to welcome them home to their hometown. And so what you've just been talking about there is literally just a sign what Liverpool Airport put up to say, you know, be careful, there's going to be crowds and all four of them have signed it. So how do you go about getting your hands on that? <laughs> you know, that's the amazing thing about this. It's like Julian's Auctions, we're the leading auction house in entertainment. We hold all the world records for Beatles items. So if you have something from the Beatles, you'll want to contact Julian's Auctions because we get the record prices. People all over the world come to us to bid on our auctions. We have museums, we have huge amounts of clients in Asia, South America, Europe, North America, all over the world. And that's the beauty of the auction today. Yes, it's taken place here at the Beatles Story Museum in Liverpool, but anywhere, anywhere in the world that has internet and a computer can see and hear the auctioneer. They can be a part of this auction, juliansnight.com. Click the buttons, bid and win some of these amazing items, or just come along, it's free. We welcome everyone to come down here, be a part of this history, Get in the action, see the fun, and maybe you'll be tempted to raise the paddle and bid and win something really iconic. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. Good afternoon and good morning, wherever you are online. And uh, welcome to Julian's Music Icons, the Beatles auction. And we're here in Liverpool in this recreation here of a cavern in the United Kingdom. All sales are final and successful bidders will be unable to cancel the sale. So anyway, let's get on with it. Um, this is our first lot and it is the handbill from 1961 from the Liverpool uh, Jazz Society. And I open the bidding here. Who'll start the bidding? Could I have bids, please, at £300? It's £300. Any interest at £300? I have £300, £400 now. I have £400 bid at £400 now. We have an online bid at £400. At £400, then, for the online bidder at £400, £500 now. £500. £500. £500. 450? You're 450. Okay, 450 pounds now. 450 is the bid. 450 pounds now. On my right at 450, I'm looking for 500 for the next bid. It's 450 on our first lot. At 450 pounds, then I will be selling 
Your last chance online is 450, with you online at 450 pounds now and sold 450. Off on the bass guitar, signed by Paul McCartney. Bids are in at four five five thousand pounds, six thousand pounds. I have six thousand pounds now. Six thousand pounds with a signed guitar. Six thousand pounds. Paul McCartney's signature on a bass guitar at six thousand pounds. Six thousand pounds, and I'll be selling at six thousand. Are we all done? At six thousand pounds. Sold six thousand. We sat in and met Darren Julian, who's CEO at Julian's Auctions in New York, and also Jason Cornthwaite from Tracks Limited. And Jason was really amazing. He could look at a signature and within a split second say, yep, that's an original Paul McCartney signature, wow. or no, um, that's, not, that's not real. And he could even say who had signed them. So he could look and just say, yeah, that one of the secretaries signed that, or Neil Aspin will sign that one. It was just amazing to see. And he said it's just from years and years of looking at signatures and just studying them. Last year, we had a gentleman bring in some John Lennon negatives that had never been published before um, with photographs. And we estimated them one to 2,000 pounds. And we had an auction here at the Beatles Story Museum yesterday, and they sold right around 4,500 pounds. So, you know, you never know what you're going to come across. And a lot of people here in Liverpool, especially, don't realize the treasures that they're setting on um, that are in a cupboard or, you know, in a drawer. So we're hoping to find some of those. So what's your advice to people who think they might have some of these things at home? Um, bring them down or contact the Beatles Story Museum. You know, they're very knowledgeable as well. They can, you know, even if you email images to them, um, they can help find out a value. And if there's something even be on display for the museum, but definitely ask or bring. There's no harm in bringing something down, even if you think it doesn't have value. Just then it's a peace of mind. This is Eric. Hi. Hello, Eric. How are you? Fine, thank you. Uh, some of my items. Ah, let's see. Hopefully, I can get something good in there. Uh, I hope so. Uh, this is one. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, these are pictures, uh, I suppose. One of them is an original one. Oh, it's Grace, isn't it? Hmm. This is stamped. This is. What's that? Is, is that stamped? It is stamped. So yeah, it's not an it, it's an original card that the fan club would have yeah. sent out, but they're stamped signatures, so it doesn't have a lot of value. And these are quite interesting. That's uh, that was taken in Greece, wasn't oh, it? Oh, you know. Yeah. This, this is George. Probably. Yeah. This is Paul. This is Jane. Uh, That's John. It's John. Oh, yeah. I didn't know. Yeah. What they did there it was uh, I can't remember what month it was. Nineteen sixty-seven. But they travelled out to Greece because they had intentions of buying a Greek island. Uh -huh. So to to get away mm. from things, if you will. But yeah, I've never seen that photo before. It's quite interesting that yeah. one. That would be an original, you think? I think you? so. Yeah. Yeah. It does. Uh, yeah. And again, that's an original, yeah. That would, that would have been taken in Bournemouth in 63 when they were mm -hmm. performing there. That's quite an interesting thing as well. Yeah. Mm. Then there was this. This is 
uh, tie signed by Ringo, and this is the, the certificate. Uh, okay. from Frank. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So on, on these bits, I'd say, you know, probably, what would you say in the photographs? Like 25, 30 pounds uh, yeah. each. That's about five to 10 pounds. Yeah, because those are very stamp. common. It's only 25, 30 pounds, you think? Yeah, yeah. mine might go for more, but. Uh -huh. Yeah, it's a bit conservative, but the condition. Yeah. Um, you know, if it was a, sometimes too the type of photograph, like if it's a Polaroid, because mm -hmm. those are extremely rare, those are one of a kind, those tend to do very well. Yeah. Um, but it's a snapshot and it's not really the best mm -hmm. image of them. Mm -hmm. um, the Ringo tie, I mean, Frank Cassio is one of the top authenticators. Mm -hmm. um, that definitely helps it. Um, Ringo, uh, you know, his signature, I mean, I would say six to eight, eight to 1,200 pounds yeah. could go for more. Um, you know, I've seen things like this, especially if it's a tie that would be, you know, if it was worn by Ringo with the photographs, it would help itself for a lot more. But just that he signed it, um, you know, six to 800, 800 12, to 1,200 pounds. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah, this is also a Ringo signature. Yeah, that's yeah. completely genuine. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, sometimes, too, because they're written out to somebody that detracts yeah. the value a little bit. Yeah, because you can't really frame it. But even something like this, what, four to 600 pounds? Yeah, yeah. Um, because it is Ringo's signature. Mm -hmm. And uh, a lot of times Christmas cards are interesting to people. Yeah. You can determine whether it's been signed by yeah, his signature. Yeah, Jason's very good. There's uh -huh. very few people that can go through and know exactly Beatles' signatures. And even, uh, like I know, the couple of the Perry Cox and Frank Cassio can tell if it's a Neil Aspinall. I think you probably can yeah. as well, yeah. Because um, their signatures are very, but it's common that either the secretaries or Neil Aspinall signed on behalf of the Beatles. Yeah. And a lot of times, people bring those into us thinking that they have value, and they so they, they really don't. Yeah, not really. No, not really. Unfortunately, no. Um, what about this one? Uh, I have here a certificate. Um, yeah, unfortunately, in my opinion, that one I wouldn't say is authentic. I don't think so. I don't think so, no. It's a pity, because if it were, it would be quite valuable. Yeah. But This is a, a very special story. I have a shirt that um, would have belonged to John, but, and this is... Um, but I, I didn't bring the shirt because it's framed. Sure, yeah, so, okay, no problem. I, I can show you a picture, but do you think this is this story is true? Is, is uh, the There's no photographs of John wearing the shirt? No. Okay. Um... The only problem is that it's selling off of a story, so off of a third party. And it's hard selling something sometimes off of a third party, depending on who that third party is. Um, I don't know if it would have a lot of great value, do you think? like Without photo evidence, yeah. it's a very tough one. If you had the photo evidence, yeah. it would be extremely valuable. So it might be worth you doing some research trying to find Yeah, it. and especially because it's got a lot of pattern to it. Mm -hmm. So you'd be able to identify exactly, and, yeah. you know, if it was... Um, but based upon a third-party story, it really doesn't have a lot of value. Um, then, then I have, um, I have this. I have a sofa, but I have a couch. Uh, I couldn't bring it, of course. Yeah. <laughs> but I have a picture also. Yeah. So we did an auction for Ringo Starr uh, several years ago, yeah. and so a lot of his personal belongings, including sofas, things like that, um, coming from directly from him has. The most value, obviously, just comes from somebody that was known uh, yeah. to He be, was a secretary. Yeah, secretary. secretary. This, this is the one. Okay, yeah. Should have stayed in, in Tittenhurst Park. Okay. Uh, 
Um, but again, I don't have a picture of it. Yeah, so. but was that from Tittenhurst? Yeah. Okay. I could probably photo ID that yeah. if you wanted to email me through some pictures. And that's how you where your value exactly come from. Then that would make it worth more money. And if it was Tittenhurst and it was also John's before Ringo, John's yeah. Before, yeah, yeah. So then that gives it even more value. Um, we sold it in Ringo's auction. He had a picnic table that uh, he brought out of Tittenhurst, and so it was owned by John before Ringo. Yeah. We sold it for twenty five thousand U.S. dollars, mm-hmm. so around twenty thousand pounds. Mm-hmm. Um, but a sofa like this is going to be worth that much as much because that's harder to. Mm-hmm. Uh, fit into somebody's decor but mm-hmm. I would say with a photograph and um, you know better yet if you found photographs of John setting on it yeah. you know it could be several thousand pounds yeah so the sofa definitely if you email Jason the photographs and then of this as well uh-huh. yeah. you know because that could be and Jason has archives to a lot of the furnishings that were inside of Tittenhurst yeah so. I've got a lot of unseen stuff from inside Tittenhurst yeah. that, that I've gathered over the years so I can do some I'm more than mm. welcome to do some re- okay. research okay. on that so it's um, mainly the sofa and this yeah you I think uh, yeah right yeah that's in value were these yeah. Apple mm-hmm. Studios things kinda, yeah I know it's only 300 pounds which is quite a nice mm-hmm. thing yeah so in the gallery you say like 300 a piece or Three, three to four hundred a piece, yeah. yeah. Awesome. No, okay. thanks for bringing this yes. stuff in. You never know. And, and, and like I said, he yeah. can really help you with the photograph. Of... Any other Ringo stuff from Barbara? Or, or um, well, so the, this signature, this George Harrison signature came from Barbara. Right. Mm. I'd yeah. have to, I'd, again, if you email that to me, I'll do a bit mm. more yeah. research on that one. Yeah. I would suppose she, she doesn't fool me, but because I... No, no, no. Oh, no I don't think so, so yeah. yeah. Um, but sometimes even people that were associated with the Beatles think they have original signatures but yeah. they were done by Neil Aspinall it's hard yeah, yeah, unless yeah, you're yeah. you know to really tell okay yeah send one. all right so thank you for your time no our no, pleasure thank you. thank you I was just fascinated by how you look at a signature and you can tell whether it's like years of study yeah studying Beatles autographs yeah so what are you looking for when you're there's all the, like pen spacing uh, pen indentation, style of signature. I mean, the genuine set I can pretty much tie down to, like within about six to eight months of when it was signed. The 63 sets I can tie them down to within like a month or so. Wow. Um, but all the people like that were signed at the time, like Mal Evans and Neil Aspinall, they all have certain traits in their autographs which you can pick up quite easily. It's quite difficult to explain, but. <laughs> Yeah, well, if you could explain it, everyone would be doing it. Yeah. <laughs> but you just look at it, and then within a second, you can probably... Yeah, I know, I know, yeah. pretty much straight away, yeah. Last year, I had a gentleman, we had to literally ask him to leave. He was so angry because I told him something wasn't authentic. And he grew up thinking that it was and just really, really angry about it. And it's hard then because you're not, you don't want to offend people. But you also don't want them, you don't want to lead their hopes on and say that something's right just to keep them happy, you know. I've had it quite a lot with Neil Aspinall Beatles. Yes, same, yeah. People have got them, had them since 63 and they bring them along to evaluation then and you've got to tell them that, you know, they were signed by Neil, not the Beatles. Yeah, Yeah, and often, like, what would happen a lot of times, people would bring things in to the Beatles. They would come from the Beatles, it was signed. But Neil would sit there and sign them and then hand them out you know, they would return them to the person who they give it to. So they got it directly, they thought, from the Beatles. So they don't want to ever believe then that Neil Lastman, they think, you must be wrong, you're, you know. So this is something that, you know, could really take off just because we don't know the rarity of it, really. No, 
Like, no, it's rad. Yeah. Rad. Yeah, and, and see, the thing is, with vinyl is now becoming so collectible, mm-hmm. um, and the record prices that they're selling for, you know, like the one-of-a-kind vinyl is now selling for hundreds of thousands of dollars, or hundreds of thousands of pounds. Um, it's something that, if a vinyl collector realizes and we capture that story, I, I think it could go... You know, you could, could, I mean, I don't want to get your hopes up. No. But I would estimate it two to, even two to four thousand pounds. Mm -hmm. We tell the story, it could go 20, 30, 40,000 pounds. Just because, and based upon, you know, like you saw what we sold yesterday, it was one of a kind by Lennon. But this is something, you know, if there's only four or five of them that were ever made, and they were, their intention was to mass produce it, Mm -hmm. it's something that, you know, a vinyl collector would really want this because. Um, you know, there's very few of them that are in existence. Yeah. And the yeah. lady, this, you know, you have something sort of, you've yes. been doing your surgery. Like, you yeah. traveled five hours today to get some expert hours. opinion. Yeah, I've yeah. taken it to quite a few people and I found out about this, so I wanted to come up. Yeah, the key, the key is the history. What was their intention? What were they going to do, mm. you know, with them? And if we can capture that history, which you've already done a lot of the work, really. Um, and I think you tell the story uh, to vinyl collectors, you get, Several of them, you know, the top collectors around the world. It's something that really could take off. Yeah. And please, guys, what is the story behind the piece? How did it come into Okay, so, um, so when my dad passed away, we were going through his belongings and found this record. Um, I didn't know what it was, but I could see the signatures on it. I went to Australia to visit my granny and auntie, and they said to me, have you got the Beatles record? I said, yeah. Uh, granddad used to work, my other granddad used to work in a record factory um, where they produced the early Beatles records. Um, and one day his boss handed in this record, said, you know, the Beatles have um, signed one side, they were going to put music the other side and mass produce this, but it was too time consuming, so only four or five were made. You've got some daughters that like these four boys, have the record. This is a good example of provenance. So she's got the story. It's not something that she's picked up at a shop. She knows the history. So the provenance coming from her, and if we can trace back through and we mention names, mm-hmm. you know, you, it's all about, it's all in the story. So telling the story of this, and like I said, it, it's really a rare vinyl. And the, mark, the vinyl market's just exploded, um, as we saw in the auction yesterday. So. I couldn't sleep one night and saw that I was searching. I just keep searching every now and again how to get yeah. someone to help me and found this. So Yeah, we're, we're, you came to the right place. I know. And we'd love to work with you on it. So, if, so what happens now? Does, do you so, take it away or does she... Yeah, no, so what would ideally, because we're going to be doing an auction next year. Um, it's an annual auction we're doing here at the Beatles Story Museum. So uh, I'd send her a contract. Um, you could leave it here. It, it'd be insured. Um, it'd be insured by us and by the Beatles Story um, and then that way you don't have to make a trip to deliver it. Yeah. And then we can't sell it until we work out the details of the contract. Okay. And once we work out the contract, we'll go through and do the history. And I think it's a really important part of you telling the story and the history of your family and, mm-hmm. and how it was obtained because a, a vinyl collector is going to want that history to travel with it. Um, What's on know, it? Um, there's nothing. It, it was just, it's a story because they were going to mass produce there's these. Nothing on, there's nothing no, on, uh, nothing. So what, what, what they did, yeah, so what they did was they were going to do music on the one side and have the Beatles etch in their names on the other. So because it was t- too time consuming, they only did a few of them and, and scrapped the idea. So to, like I said, to a vinyls collector, this is really, really important piece of history. Um, it's not like, you know, someone just gave it to the guys to, to etch. There is actually a plan behind it. 
and it wasn't produced in the long run. So that story adds to the value. Brilliant piece, actually. If you enjoy the podcast and want to help us grow and reach more Beatles fans, make sure you rate, review and subscribe to the Beatles City podcast. (laughs) 